Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matthew Pohl, your host, and today I want to be uh, introduced to you, Katie Brinston, founder of Culture Academy, and she's in Canada. So um, yeah, tell us about where you're located. Um, I'm in a really beautiful small town. So this is sort of new to me. I came from the city of Moncton, which isn't like Toronto, which is basically what people think of when they think of Canada, I believe. Okay. Um, so coming from Moncton, moving to a smaller town where at any given moment, I can look in my backyard and see a collection of deer. Um, so I love it here. It's, it's really easy to stay grounded and stay focused and kind of hop out of my home office and go on a nice nature walk to reboot. Okay. So yeah, I love it here. Lots of nature. How long have you been in there, that location? Uh, just over a year. Oh, okay. So it is, it's quite new. Okay. Great. Uh, uh, my wife and I spent some time in Nova Scotia a few years ago and just, uh, we were just. I mean, we're from Colorado. We have beauty here, but the mm. trees and the pines there were just really magnificent. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine where uh, where you live is is at least that beautiful. So <clears throat> tell me a little bit about yourself, and you know, just a little bit about your background. You know, maybe some personal stuff, but also business. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, well. A little bit about me now. We'll start from now and then and then go back just a little bit, not too far. People aren't ready for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I I am a facilitator and a consultant for small to medium-sized businesses um, with their culture. So okay. culture, I realized, uh, I don't know, probably about five or six years ago, there was a really big gap in the way that I felt people should be interacting with and enjoying their workplace culture. And I noticed a lot of misalignment in a a person's overall well-being and enjoyment in their family life due to um, culture at work. And this isn't just the people that work there. It's the people that have created the business. It can be really heavy and really overwhelming if it's not done right. right. It's like having a dysfunctional family and having to be in that family every day. It's going to affect every part of your, your success as a person and the business's success. Um, So I kind of realized that problem at a weird point. I was just finishing my yoga teacher training and I guess I had never really felt so aligned. So I was really hyper aware of the misalignment everywhere. Um, and I had a, I had this kind of aching feeling that I could solve this with my geeky, nerdy obsessions with psychology, um, neuroscience, relationships, communication. It was sort of, sort of always a, something that drew me in. 
And I had owned a daycare for about 10 years at this point and was doing basically everything that I'm doing now with adults with children. And I loved it. And it was so rewarding. So I I took a little turn, kind of a big turn and um, brushed up on some adult educational courses and uh, dove in. So how long have you been doing this kind of culture um, consulting, facilitating? Mm. Uh, a little over four years. Uh, what what kind of um, what kind of businesses do you do you kind of target or work with? You know, tell tell some you know certain industries or sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that have helped me in marketing would. <laughs> kind of laugh when I when I explain this to you. Uh, I guess I refuse to choose a certain type of business. Okay, you know, uh, SaaS or manufacturing. It's more a certain type of leader that I'm looking for. Okay, and that the reason for that is that I need someone who's passionate, and I need someone who believes in what they're doing, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do my job well. Okay, so. What I've realized is, you know, my sweet spot is between 10 and 50 employees, because usually at this point, they don't have the full support or resources to have a fully developed HR team. And they're in need of someone like me to come in on a contract basis and not have to pay for someone full time. Um, Also, it really helps when they are really serving people. I, I love saying, I love helping people help people. Okay. And it just makes my job a heck of a lot easier when somebody's got a really lofty mission and purpose instead of, you know, we work for a, a paperclip company. That makes my job a little harder <laughs> <laughs> and not impossible, but a little more difficult. Um, I guess I really enjoy working with people that are are extremely passionate about the purpose of their business. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of nonprofits. Okay, okay, yep. nonprofits mm-hmm. and nonprofit businesses, mm-hmm. uh, but really focus on the leader type as opposed to yeah. particular industry or that type of thing. Okay, yep, that exactly. Sense. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so now, do you work with the leader only, or the leader and the team? Always the leader and the team. Okay always the leader in the team. And um, just to make sure that I'm crystal clear on that, I love helping people that are remote. So especially globally, because the challenges are really high with communication with culture issues. Um, and I know that we can create some serious lasting impact there. So a lot of SaaS, a lot of a lot of remote companies. Okay. Um, yeah. So it sounds like a good portion of your your clients aren't where you're located then? No, I, I, at this point, it can, you know, depends on the pulse you take throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, right now, I would say it's about 50-50. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did COVID kind of impact that, push you to more virtual? Yes, big time. COVID, um, it's funny, pre-COVID, I was doing a lot of awareness in marketing, a lot of education, like, hey, you need culture help. Hello over here. Do you know what that is? (laughs) Let me teach you about that. And now that's not really necessary because COVID made that really obvious that um, I guess 
the way that I look at it and the way that I explain it to people is the uncertainty that COVID uh, manifested okay. really and all of these these unexpected changes. So things that you aren't expecting and uncertainty cause a ton of stress and turmoil in businesses. The vision that you set, you now have to create a new one. Your strategy, you now have to create a new one. It's like everyone had to put the re- push the restart button on their business three years yeah. ago, yeah. which causes an eruption of challenges in culture. So, sure, yeah, it's kind of a reinnovation of of most businesses, and like you yeah. said, that instead of just being able to rely on uh, past momentum, mm-hmm. there's kind of this shift there, a dramatic yeah. shift, and and that cause you to almost question everything, right? The employees to question the certainty of their work and their employment, the owners to question the viability of their business. So yeah, mm-hmm. lots of stress coming out of that. What, what mm-hmm. are some of the common challenges that you see with your clients that you really focus on trying to address? A lot of the challenges that I see with clients, um, what I hear from them is, we have a lot of turnover and we don't know why Okay. people, people don't seem to be motivated to do their job or people are burning out quickly because they're taking on too much. Um, people not getting along teams feel divided and, and procedures aren't being followed. It's, it's almost like they're in a parenting role and they're having a really hard time wrangling and raising their children. Um, Again, that that's kind of a default mode from all of the stress that all of the uncertainty and changes that COVID brought on. I don't think that that's always the set of problems and challenges that you see through the wave of of culture throughout the decades. But right now, that's what I'm hearing a lot of. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of. So stress, resiliency, communication, effective communication. We can communicate, but is it effective? <laughs> um, and I would say really refocusing kind of like what we were just saying on living values and mission, not just creating values to stick on your website, but are they actually used as a filter and an aid in the business? Okay. Do do you see these challenges more episodic or are they structural in nature? So they're one-off kind of things or just kind of continuing to be a nagging thing for the organization or, or both maybe? I would say both, but I would say nagging is more accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually these don't solve themselves on their own. People have to um, kind of approach these head on in a really open and um, practical common sense way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say they're more nagging. Okay. When you look to assist and facilitate with your clients, are you relying on certain methodologies, things you've taken from other thought leaders, ideas mm. that you come up with? What What's kind of the, the approach and the tool set that you bring? Mm. Um, so I guess my inspiration for what I do and what I've created really comes from the practical non um a really practical approach to culture 
Okay. Something that makes sense and it's simple. And I found that was born within the SaaS environment. So it's probably why I'm really drawn to the SaaS culture. Okay. They have a really strong growth mindset. Right. You don't um, work in that industry without being able to be extremely agile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really enjoy that. So a couple of my big inspirations would be Netflix. Um and Danielle Coyle, who is an incredible culture expert, okay. uh, I, I took a lot of a lot of juice from them. Okay. Um, and my method over the last four years has become extremely simple. It was very complicated in the beginning. Now it's really simple. I, I would say the first thing we need to do is to really validate and make sure that we understand what the problem is. So often you'll hear people say what I said to you, um, turnover is really high. We don't know why people aren't engaged, but those are symptoms of a problem. What's the actual problem? What's the root cause? And the best way to find that out is through the process that I created through our culture assessment. And it pulls from three different forms of data that are, are kind of unique. There's a customized form and the form pulls data from each level and division within the company. So you know what the perspective is from each group. Okay. So it can be very different. That can be the problem. Right, right. Is, is that there's a, a communication lapse in, in the way that we communicate with each other. Um, there's also interviews, culture chats, and uh, something that happened kind of by whoopsie, which was me facilitating a training and workshop before the assessment was complete with the leadership team and realizing that, you know, our subconscious brain really likes to manipulate information when we think it's going to be assessed and, and we can't really help ourselves. We're not intentionally being manipulative. I was observing something that wasn't reported to me quite accurately in the interviews and in the, when people fill out the form in the, in the survey. So I pull information from that as well to get a really true image of where the culture stands today and what are the issues that are causing that ripple effect. So that's, that's step one. And then we fix it. We fix it. (laughs) Yeah, we fix it. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like your initial focus is just really understand what the root cause problem is Mm -hmm. and start to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you share with uh, our listeners maybe a story of, you know, real life story with a client? Obviously, we can keep mm-hmm. the name confidential, but um, just what they were facing, maybe what the root cause was that you identified and, and how you were able to have a kind of a lasting impact on that organization. Mm. Yeah, I would say I'll give you a recent one. Um, I had someone reach out to me to see if, if I would facilitate the living values and mission workshop. Um, and of course, naturally, I, I was curious why this and, uh, through discovery and through a couple of really, um, authentic conversations with this leader, we realized that there was a lot of turnover recently and that they grew really quick. And that can have its own set of issues. It's a great thing for business, but it can be really hard and and weigh a lot on the culture. So you don't have time to create those foundational pieces as it grows. 
Um, it would be like a family adopting six kids all at once. That's really difficult to make sure that things are managed properly. So there was a lot of people not following procedure. Roles and responsibilities were really not clear. Um, and because of that, everyone was stepping on each other's toes. There was starting to be some conflict within the group. And nobody really knew, including the leader, where they wanted to go. What are the goals? What's the mission? Um, how are we going to grow together? And how are we going to do this with a little more ease? So after a few conversations, we realized that the assessment was necessary. And we performed the assessment and realized that there was a huge issue with um, the belief systems within the, the organization. So this is really your values, behaviors, and habits not aligning. Um, and that caused a lot of problems with trust. Okay. But what was, the, you know, the practical common sense thing was nobody really knew each other well enough. There's people coming from over here and over here and, oh, whoops, we hired two more people and, and Joe and Jane didn't even know that they just hired two more people and now they have to train them. It was the fast growth was causing a lot of conflict and lack of communication and a lack of connection and understanding. Yeah, so this was, um, everyone was under the same roof. This wasn't a remote business. Um, so we facilitated a couple of experiences to provide a deeper understanding with one another. Really fun experiences with the team. Um, this is where people share, what is it that you think would help people know you a little bit better, would help them understand you more? within the context of working with you. And you just keep peeling back these layers of authentic conversations and connection. And all of a sudden you won't, it's so satisfying to walk into a room full of people who you've interviewed and you've heard a few of them talk maybe a little ill about a couple others and say, these people are causing problems and these people think these people are causing problems, but really it's that nobody understands one another. Right. And then after for people to come over to you and say, hey, oh my gosh, I didn't know that about so-and-so. Mm. Whoa. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So how <laughs> does that change how you work together and collaborate? <laughs> it's amazing to see it unfold. We did um, a group painting and some other exercises and finished it off with a, a authentic living values and mission dig that just brought everybody together. Everyone kind of realized, wait a second, we're all here for the same reason mm. and we can unite on that. And although we may have different backgrounds and we may have different ways of doing things, we're all trying to do the same thing. Um, it was extremely rewarding. And now the, the foundation has been built for people to be vulnerable and trust to have those conversations with one another. So they're just organically happening consistently mm. and they don't have to be pushed or facilitated anymore. Now we just celebrate their growth and success constantly. Um, but that's that's that lasting impact and that lasting change. And, and really, you know, I'm not into quick impact. I want to change lives and change the way that this person learned how to do that at work. And they're going to bring that home into their family life, into their other relationships. I, I love that ripple effect. So, that's, yeah, that's that's really cool. And that that really has a lot of parallels to what we try to do at Rewild Group, right? We want mm -hmm. to make exceptional mm -hmm. businesses because we know that if you work in an exceptional business, it impacts all areas of your life, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's neat. Um, what would you uh, say to a CEO who's 
who's having some of these struggles, but thinks that this culture, you know, kind of the mind stuff, the emotional stuff is mm. not, it just seems too, I don't know, out there. It's not practical. It's not brass tacks. How do you address that kind of perspective? Well, first, I would want to know more about him personally or her. I say him because yeah, the her is usually pretty aware of the emotional element. And that's a, that's a sexist comment, but it's true. And this is a general statement, not a, you know, right. 100%. Understand. Um, I would want to know more about that individual and their personal life. And then I would just take a piece of one of their personal valued relationships mm -hmm. and apply that to their business. Okay. It's the same. I love the analogy that um, your marriage, your relationship, mm -hmm. a relationship that you have with a child or a spouse or anything that's been really important, your mother, your father, can't succeed without the same elements that you look at when you're studying culture and when you're trying to figure out how that feeds into the success of your company. Mm. So if I'm trying to reach a certain goal with my partner, mm -hmm. I can't do that without communication, without knowing where we're going, without that purpose, without trust, without vulnerability, without aligning our beliefs and values. We're going to suck at everything we do. Relationship is going to suck. People aren't going to want to be around us because we're going to be quite toxic. Um, that applies to culture. If you take a couple that aligns on those things, well, you're probably going to know about them because they're in the media and they're rocking at life and they're wildly successful. And that's because they have the support of one another. So that's a mini itsy bitsy culture of two people, but it's okay. still a culture. And the same applies to business. Mm. It's really, you know, I think a few questions would have them see very clearly that culture and emotion and beliefs are what push the business forward or keep it exactly where it is or take it backwards. Very good. I, I think that's excellent uh, perspective there. If you had the opportunity just to share a piece of advice, just kind of general advice for business leaders, business owners, based on your experience and, and uh, how you've been helping businesses, what what's kind of a something you might share with them? Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I I would say most of the time when I'm helping people, I realize it's because they're afraid to have the conversations that need to be had, or they're not sure what needs to be discussed. But people aren't saying what needs to be said. 95% okay. of the time, this is what causes the upheaval in culture because these, these brilliant people are, are working in a business together and know they know how to figure out these issues as well, but they're focused on the business and not the culture. And I would tell them not to be afraid. Actually, they're going to be scared, even though they're afraid <laughs> to have these conversations anyway and to realize how important they are and how critical they are. And that's just grabbing a bunch of people and putting them in a room and saying, what do we need to talk about? Don't have an agenda, don't have a focus, have an open dialogue, no bars held conversation. 
Um, making sure, of course, that you have some ground rules for communication and respect before you engage in that, mm-hmm. but just continuously have these conversations. Again, I go back to the analogy of a couple. Uh, my husband is going to tell me what's wrong with me in many ways and where I suck. And that's the gift of having someone that you trust and that trusts you uh, to converse with is that they're going to point out the faults that you don't see. They're going to show you where the blind spots are. And that's why you want to facilitate that trust and vulnerability and have these constant open conversations where there is no repercussion to continue to spot the gaps, spot the blind spots and evolve. And then, you know, I will find something else to do for work because you won't need me anymore. And I'm okay with that. But that would be my number one piece of advice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have have those challenging conversations. Don't sweep things under the rug, but just... You have to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, you're not dealing with it, and eventually it it uh, mm-hmm. creates toxicity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. not just the challenging conversations, but the open ones okay. where you don't even know what's challenging yet. You just go into a room and shut the door and say, "Hey, what's up, everyone?" Mm-hmm. And then the conversation evolves naturally. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Okay, Katie, that's that's great. Um, if somebody, a business leader, business owner wants to get a hold of you and sounds like they can be anywhere in the globe, if, uh, mm-hmm. if they see that they need some help with their culture, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, I would say my website um, or LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. You can follow what I'm doing there. And uh, the link to my website is also on LinkedIn. Okay. And the website is cultureacademy.biz. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's great. If you uh, listeners are, are interested in, in talking to Katie about how you can strengthen your culture, if you're seeing these surface symptoms, uh, some of the symptoms that Katie mentioned, and you're looking for a solution for that, uh, reach out to Katie at cultureacademy.biz. We'll put a link of that in the podcast notes. And um, yeah, I think that's that's great. Uh, Katie, appreciate you being a guest and sharing some of your wisdom and some of your stories uh, from your beautiful location there in, in Eastern Canada. And I just want to thank our audience for uh, listening today. And hopefully you've gotten something out of this and we'll consider mm-hmm. reaching out to Katie as appropriate. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Matt. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag Leaders of Lasting Impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com, or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.